What's good, everyone? I am Winston A. Marshall, a.k.a. The Swaggy Blurred, here with my co-host and engineer extraordinaire, as always, Mr. Dwayne Burke, Mr. Burke made himself. We are super happy to be here yet again and talk about the new series that finally dropped, What If? Now, this has been the, the last major show outside of Hawkeye that people have kind of been waiting for from Disney Plus, from the MCU. And this is following the watcher telling stories of uh, essentially variant timelines uh, of what if, you know, instead of Steve Rogers becoming Captain America, if uh, Peggy Carter became the super soldier and in, in turn became Captain Carter, uh, which we're going to jump right into it. This part of the episode is going to be a spoiler review. We're not going to talk about it for super long, probably like a good 10 or 15 minutes just to, you know, sound off on what we feel about the new series and the episode. Uh, but then we're going to swing back around to some other comic book and uh, movie and nerdy TV news, all that good stuff. So definitely come back on through uh, once this part is over. So uh, Dwayne, initial thoughts on what if, man? I, I honestly really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I had a feeling that what if was not going to be exactly what, you know, we, we thought it was going to be when we initially heard about the concept. Uh, once we got to the Loki finale and we basically got the start of the multiverse, I was like, oh, well, it makes sense that what if is next uh, because it's going to help anyone who was like slightly confused about what was going on at the end of Loki. Like, I think this will very solidify, you know, where the universe is now. But one of the things that I immediately loved about the show was the animation style. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know if you watch uh, Love, Death and Robots on Netflix. But that's one of my favorite shows because of the way it plays with animation and has like all those different animation variations. And I, I really like the animation style of this episode. I don't know if everyone is going to be different. Um, I kind of hope that everyone is different, but that might maybe be too much to ask, given what they're already doing with, with yeah. the show. Um but if everyone is different, I think that would be super, like super cool. But so so far, so good. I'm I'm really liking it. I really liked uh, the the themes of this episode. Um, I did. I thought it was a little telling that they made sure to not call uh, Captain Carter Captain Britain. Right. Like right. I, I thought that was a very. I thought that was a very interesting. Like they like made sure to not make that designation. I was like, that Same was very Steve. interesting. He wasn't he was an Iron Man? He was Hydra. What was Hydra Stomper or Hydra Smasher? Hydra Stomper. I I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I dude, I I watched this very late last night. <laughs> Fair. Hydra Stomper. Hydra Stomper. Yeah. But yeah, um, like I I thought that that was it was very interesting to like make sure that they they differentiated things that would have been in the sacred timeline right for for lack of a better term i guess at at this right. point but i i know you you were talking about some of the the things you thought about it How, how'd you feel yeah i i genuinely enjoyed it um i thought it would have been interesting because since we had a similar situation on the train 
thinking that Steve got captured, I was like, oh crap, we're about to get a Steve Winter Soldier. That actually sounds dope as hell. Like, I'm curious to see where that's going. That's obviously not what happened. Um, my only beef, uh, and I wouldn't necessarily call it a beef, but I guess my, my, my criticism of what if so far is just the pacing. I, I for me, I, I, I obviously know uh, for as many times as I've watched the MCU, let alone been a fan of comics and all that, I know the story of Captain America. There's certain shortcuts you can take because the idea is that you were already well-versed before you come into this. But for me, I would have preferred the pacing. Like if if it was a love, death, and robots, you brought that up, for example, those tend to not be longer than 10 or 15 minutes. And a lot of that has to do with it's a very self-contained, here is an element we're introducing you to, it plays itself out, we move on. Since this is ultimately tied to so much other stuff, um, I would have almost preferred a, a Black Mirror approach to the anthology where give me like a short film, give me like a good hour or an hour and a half to sit in this and to really just appreciate everything that's going on versus trying to get it to me. And essentially, I want to say like, if you include the credits, I think this is about 28 minutes. Um, and so it just felt for me a little bit rushed, especially like you had nods to moments like, oh, you were going to be on the USO show, but I got you a better looking like costume and stuff or or the the, the train situation or things like that. Um, now, mind you, my, my feelings might change a little bit watching it again. I just felt that we were moving at a pace that um, I couldn't truly take in and absorb what it means for Peggy to take the mantle, uh, to be the one that invented that mantle, what it means for Steve to, again, be so determined he still found another way to get into the fray and be who he is. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's the only major criticism I have, but I love the fact that we got, since, uh, you know, the Red Skull wasn't able to get it and develop whatever said technologies that he really was just working on the portal to bring in a monster. Um, the fact that Howard ended up being the one inventing an Iron Man suit instead of his son, uh, you know, based off of how this all played out and having the Tesseract. I think that there was a lot of really cool threads that I was seeing unfold. And what you mentioned before, if this is the case, I think helps a little bit. You did tease already that the Avengers are coming, but with with Captain Carter there instead of uh, Captain America, instead of Steve. Um, so I am curious if they're going to reintroduce Peggy in another What If episode. Um, but if not, I just hate that we got such little time to spend with her and to really digest all of this, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, can, I can agree with that kind of but but i also kind of think about it the way uh kind of the way i feel about spider-man and and even Bat batman at this point like if 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 i see those damn pearls fall to the ground one more time like like i'm i'm over i i don't need there's there's parts of the story that i just don't need anymore sure. like there there's there's a reason like we haven't really seen you know the uncle ben getting getting killed yeah. again because it's like yeah, at, yeah. at this point like we don't need it <laughs> we well, we've I we have that. seen it so many times that like like i think everyone is well versed i to be completely honest i think we could have picked up captain carter like at the end and gone from there and i think we would have been completely fine because everyone knows the story of captain america well enough that they could have pieced together how 
how that went. Well, well, like, for example, I think one of the things that I appreciated is Steve dealt with his idea of like, you're an experiment. It's not real. You can go on this USO show, whatever. Peggy's dealing with something, in my opinion, that's a little bit more ingrained in the times and a little bit more insidious and in that it's like, you're a woman. This was a yeah. waste of an experiment. I would have liked to have watched that unravel a little bit more. I'm glad we got some sort of conclude where the dude all of a sudden was like, it was always my idea. It was great, right? La, 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 la. And I'm like, okay, you tool, like whatever. Yeah. But I would have loved to explore that more. If we're going to actually dive into something like that, I, then let's dive into it, you know? I, I think that, and this, this is me just, this is pure conjecture, but... If if they do this the right way and if they have the right people working on this, then they can't really have kind of closed the book on that, because when Peggy comes into modern times, that's still something she's going to be dealing with. Absolutely. So I, I think I, yeah. I think maybe that's why, like, they, they didn't well, like close the I'm book curious. on that, because I, I think that that might be something that they're going to address if we do get that next not next episode but another episode with captain carter leading the avengers and i think that we might have some of that play into it as well i digress a little bit in the fact that i think that we may the idea may be that the standard that she set back in the back in the world war may have actually eliminated a lot of that sexism over the course of the, the 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 of the next 70 years though because it would be women like it was like you're a field agent you're a woman you can't be on the front line all that kind of stuff after watching her do what she did there may be a completely different mentality over the last 70 years where people are actually like nah women are the ish you know what i'm saying so it'll be yeah. interesting to see how they handle that too honestly uh if we do get more of her so hopefully we get more if you had to give it a rating real quick Dwayne, what would you give it out of five man of uh, uh, you know i'll i'll err on the on the higher side i'll get i'll give it a, a four but it's it's like a okay like eh, yeah like i'll give it's I, i'm I mean, not it's it's not a it's not a convincing four and yeah. and to be fair it, it is the the first episode um normally on most shows i feel the weakest about the pilot you know especially looking back. Um, but I just. I, I agree with you there. There's just more they could have done. Right. And, and I think that. While this was a. It, it, it is a risk and it, it was a very adventurous show. I right. think they did play it safe in the wrong areas. I agree. Um, uh, for that reason, I would probably give it a three. Uh, again, the pacing was a little off for me. Um, I agree with the idea of like maybe it being a little too safe in certain areas. Uh, wanting to just have more time to explore this. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, I think about Black Mirror. I know they do a lot of callbacks to stuff uh, in later episodes, but if we're gonna consider this a what if self-contained story, let me feel the story is fully complete. Don't, because what, what the, the, the greatest way I can describe this, this felt like the most polished, beautifully executed PowerPoint I've ever seen. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where like it is, it is yeah. so thoroughly done and presented, but it was a PowerPoint. This wasn't like a full blown presentation, if that makes sense. Um, and that, I'm not saying that like the animation wasn't there, but but you, you hit me with bullet points. That's essentially yeah. what I mean by that. Um, 
I, right. I also think yeah. there was there. The Watcher wasn't explored enough. Right. Like, I, I think for anyone who's not familiar with who that character is, like, that's going to be like a real like, yo, what? Who, exactly. Like, what is going? Who is this person that's narrating? Like, I think some people might be confused. And while, yes, the Watcher is like the voice of the audience, kind of. But like, that's not the intention of the character. And I think that might confuse some people just because like they didn't really give a explanation of who the Watcher is or, or who the Watchers are. Um, so I, I think that kind of could have been, you know, because I, I think in actuality, it's about 30 minutes long with with without credits. I think it's if, I think it, I think it's closer I, to 28 because they do the same thing that they because it's it reads 33 something. So they do the same. Thing OK, they, do. they run their credits and then they run like the foreign credits. So it tends to be about I thought it was like 48 or, or 42 or something like that. And maybe I looked at maybe I, I saw it wrong. I double check. I yeah, it, I mean, it's it, it's not a big deal because I also think that it was too short. It, it needed a little bit of time kind of maybe explaining like the watchers a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But maybe maybe we'll get that because like if every single one starts with that same voiceover and ends with that same voiceover kind of or like a variation of it, like no one's going to really understand. What the watchers are and who right the watcher is, you know, Okay, so let's see. It was. It was the credits start at. Twenty nine and the whole thing was thirty four. Yeah. So and and like Peggy's stuff is done and the watcher starts talking about himself at uh 28 and a half. Yeah, and so, there's you like know what I'm saying. It, yeah, and I think yeah. the first like two minutes of that isn't isn't show either. Right. right. But but yeah, but I, I think that there it could have been a like if they had given us like 45 of actual like show, yeah, maybe exactly. I, I think exactly. we could have gotten we could have covered everything a little bit more th- thoroughly it, it felt kind of like a a uh you know those like watercolors that you buy that are like yeah kind of like not paint by numbers but they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're kind of like hey here's here's the general shapes and then you can kind of change the colors and do whatever you want with it like that's kind of what right. it felt like it, it wasn't quite a you know van gogh painting on his own like someone really getting full fully into it but yeah no no no. i feel you i feel, but you, I feel you so we've, we've got another story it's about what if and apparently that there was a uh comic that was too dark for the disney plus show <laughs> um they they had planned an episode involving a mutated spider-man that was rejected for being too disturbing and you know what? I I, I kind of get it, you know, um, the, at the end of the day, the one thing people have to remember is these are for kids like they're they're not yeah. they're they're not they're not making these for adults, really. You know, so like I, I don't know if we want to scare the <laughs> scare the crap out of kids with us with like because i i could think about like when you watch uh 
I, I don't know if you've seen like the Batman or like Brave and the Bold with Man Bat. Yeah, 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 like yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes that stuff gets real weird. <laughs> Man, Man Bat does get a little weird. I, I agree with you. Um, I so here was my thing. The only reason I don't agree with this, uh, in particular, is you don't need to go as deep as the what if because I'm looking at the the comic book cover for that, and that is pretty yeah. gruesome and terrifying, right? But if you remember, you remember the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, they actually did like a a short series uh, in the middle of the whole Morbius situation where uh, you had Spider-Man's mutation was getting out of control. And so first he pops extra arms and then he kind of does turn into this weird human spider. But like, I didn't forget about that as a kid. I was like, oh no, Spider-Man. Like you, you can find a way to do it without making it like, full-blown horror like that you know what i'm saying where it can still be scary but it doesn't have to be ridiculous i mean Um, i mean and 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 maybe this is what they're they're saying mm -hmm. and the real reason they rejected it is because of like the events that happen in that storyline if they were using that that uh story arc as a uh basis of the episode because in in that story arc uh, Peter is a mutant and he ends up at a, the Xavier Institute Institute trying to exactly. Yeah. To which, like, how can you help me? Yeah. Which means that we would have to have introduced mutants, which we haven't done yet. Fair. So I think may, maybe that's why they were like, hey, 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 maybe like in season two or season three after we've, you know, rolled like, rolled yeah. this out, because like. I, I do think that you're right. There is a way to do it that's a little bit less gruesome. Because to that point, Feige and, and the Marvel Studios has already done that before where you took a serious topic that was really explored in the comics and you did a light homage to it. So for example, yeah. um, there is a very dark storyline uh, in the comics about Tony Stark dealing with his alcoholism. Yeah, and you got a light touching of it in Iron Man 2, which I appreciate. I do wish maybe we were able to explore it more if it was the because in the same way he was kind of self-medicating. So this idea that he's dying and he can't really do anything about it. So he drinks to cope. I yeah. think that would have been really interesting to really dive into. But at least we sort of explored it somewhat, which culminated in that, you know, the fight of his birthday uh, with Rhodey. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I, I, I know that they can handle topics that are touchy you you did it with the grief with wandavision you did it with the racism in falcon and winter soldier you've proven to us that that's something you can handle so i don't think that there's a way that they can't find a way to i mean because think about it we're about to get the multiverse of madison we've been warned multiple times it's a horror movie so yeah i i think i think that maybe and and this is just kind of me thinking you know putting on my my if i was and executive or a creative like kind of hat and thinking about what if kind of like kids in the sandbox playing with their with their action figures yes you know and i i don't think any kid would go like hey what if i like turned spider-man into a spider spider?" you know like there i think i think when a kid is watching what if they're going to see it as like hey this is what i would do with my action figures if i was coming up with the stories on my on my own kind of and i i think that like and i'm i'm honestly i'm just putting on my like hey if i was hearing this pitch and i I was like hey how can we make this interesting for kids i was like well this is the vibe i would want the show to have right you know 
And I, I think maybe that doesn't quite fit the vibe of the show that they want the, the show to have. I might be totally wrong because they might have some like super. You know, super adult themes in some of the other episodes. I don't know what the other episodes are going to be outside of, you know, like the T'Challa as Star Lord episode and like things like that, like because I only saw that first trailer and did not watch anything else about the show because I didn't want to know anything else. Yeah. No, 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 for sure, man. I feel that. I feel that a thousand percent. So, you know, again, it'll be interesting to see where they go from there. Uh, but let's let's jump over. We'll come back to some Marvel news in a minute. Let's jump over to probably the biggest story in comics and on all and geeky stuff uh, that happened in the last 24 hours, man. Uh, we had a major character defining moment uh, in uh, the Bat family. Yeah. So, in and I'm I'm not going to put an actual label on the character i'm just reading the headline as it was reported um but tim drake also known as robin has come out as a bisexual in the in the comics it's not the label i would ascribe to it because reading it and seeing it i i would 100 percent say that he's just exploring his sexuality he he has not labeled himself which i think is a very uh important step on that journey um as as a member of the queer community like it's your you, how you see yourself is very important and other people's labels of you are not important yeah. like to to just be and and you have to kind of come to that realization on your own that it's it's a it's very much of a you and how you see yourself, how you want to present yourself to the world um, and how you identify. Um, so I would say until we have the the character. Identify themselves, I, I wouldn't ascribe that label. I would just say they are exploring, which I think is I think is fantastic because I think it, it's it's one of those steps that needs to kind of take to or be taken to mirror comics to the real world. I think that's been one of the, my biggest issues with kind of the I mean. Movies as a whole, but comic book movies and comics kind of. As as a whole and even comics in general for a very long time, they don't mirror the real world. You know, we don't have all of the different facets and colors and shapes and sizes that exist. I agree. I think it a lot of times becomes a little too black and white. And that's like you said, that's not how it happens. And I think there's a couple things that that stood out to me about this whole thing. I mean, the first, the idea of how it's being described, even in the book itself, of it being a light bulb moment you know, and him, something starting to like realize. I think a lot of people uh, in the, the queer community identified with that being like, yeah, okay, that, that was, I love that element. But I think the thing that sticks out to me the most was a quote from uh, Megan Fitzmartin. She's the writer on this run of Batman uh, Urban Legends. Um, and she was quoted uh, being, uh, she was interviewed by Polygon and she was quoted saying, I wanted to pay tribute to the fact that sexuality is a journey. To be clear, his feelings for Stephanie, uh, who was a Robin herself that he had a romantic relationship with, uh, his feelings for Stephanie have been and are 100% real. 
uh, as are his feelings for Bernard, who is the young man that he is saving and then has this feeling for in Urban Legend 6. Uh, however, Tim is still figuring himself out. I don't think he has the language for all of it yet. And I think that that is so key to this entire thing. And I think as you were talking about and has a, how a lot of queer people have been talking about this, it is a journey, it's a discovery. It's the idea that you know a lot of queer people have, have been very uh, succinct about that you know, with sexuality being fluid, it's a situation where it could be he just likes Bernard and then he never has feelings for another man. It could be that he finds out that he really is gay. It could be that he's bi, it could be pan. There's an infinite number of ways that this could play out and how his feelings could evolve and how his sexuality could evolve. I appreciate that this isn't just being like, and there he is, he's gay. You know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. were like, no, we're, we're taking this with care and how, like you said, it happens in the real world. It takes time to figure out exactly who you are and what things mean to you. Um, so I, I love it. I love it in that regard. And like a lot of people were like, well, how is it that like he, had, he didn't know this for 30 years? Well, as a lot of people in the word community will tell you, some people know at five, some people find out at 45. It really just depends on- it's so many factors like like the like the, the way you described it like that's like asking like hey why weren't the lights on when i got home like because because they're not on until you turn them on like you you don't know until you know until you have like some experience or something that makes you kind of start walking down that path like you don't right it's it's like yeah it's it's not as simple as like you just know that's that's not yeah, 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 like yeah, that's yeah, not how yeah, it works yeah but exactly man exactly all right well let's hop into uh our, our other big story from the weekend uh the suicide squad finally released on hbo max and in theaters um and it has been loved by many but the box office numbers don't necessarily reflect that uh, uh Dwayne, what was going on with the box office of suicide squad yeah so d despite all the different plans and release strategies that, oh, excuse me, that DC had for the Suicide Squad. They only generated, hold on, let me get the 72.2 million. Um, yeah, 72.2 million overall for the opening weekend. Uh, it earned 26.5 in the first three days in North America. Uh, comparing that to F9, which earned 70, A Quiet Place Part 2, 48, and Black Widow, 80. Um, it, it kind of seems like it underperformed, but I, I would I would say that. I, I think there there are a lot of things going ag not against the Suicide Squad, but I think a lot of people aren't but not taking it. I agree. Yeah, that I think a lot of people aren't taking into consideration. Um, I I honestly I think that having it come out to seventy two point two, which is, you know, when when you think about the the difference in percentage to like Black Widow, I think I think that's actually really respectable. I think that was actually a really yeah. good opening considering now that we have the Delta variant running rampant um, on top of while, um, while Black Widow made 80 million, I do believe that 80 million does take into account the Disney premium or plus or whatever premium right, access right, or whatever right. it's called. Yes, yes. Something that 
does not exist for the Suicide Squad. So right. if you, if you take the number of people that watched it on HBO Max and then multiply that by 30, I think the Suicide Squad probably made made more money than Black Widow did. Um, and I don't think that necessarily not having a premium access ver like version or model or whatever is the wrong way to go about it, honestly. Right. Because right, if you look at it, right. they almost made 80 million without it. Yeah, you know, they've no, got and, and and think about how many people didn't watch it on the big screen then and watched it at home, right. which I, I watched it at home. Not gonna lie, because I watched it, you know, the second it dropped on HBO Max and right. uh, I'm not one of the people that loved it. I, I really did enjoy it. I think it, it yeah. was a very good film. Um. It it's still not my favorite. I think it is in my top three of DC EU films. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I don't know what's in what what continuity at this it point with DC is still part but, of it. They're 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 counting it, and 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 I I agree with you. I I wasn't one of those people that was like, this is my favorite superhero movie. I'm not there. Um, there there's plenty of others that I enjoy more, but I really enjoyed this film a lot. I think I was a little tainted and I will rewatch it on HBO Max. Part of it for me is this might be the beginning of me for a while being done with theaters if there are streaming options because I went mm -hmm. because I love seeing an IMAX or Dolby if that's an option. Um, I went and I was there with some little kid, like there were some 15 year olds talking the whole time. I had to yeah. tell them to shut up like three or four times. And so that did put a little bit of a stank on it for me, I'll, I'll admit. So that that's kind of, pushing things but i agree i think the delta variant rising up had a lot to do with it i think the fact that it's rated r we have noticed noticed in yeah. deadpool movies for example that you can't have a rated r um comic book film or logan and still be do well but let's also not forget again those were not during a pandemic so that changes it as well as the splitting of the difference between hbo max and the theater so i know that those all played uh elements into it but I will say at the very least, just from a review standpoint, and we're not going to do like a full spoiler review or anything on that. Um, I do think that it was a very well done movie and shows that there's a reason why James Gunn is the go-to guy for misfit superheroes. Like he yeah. has kind of mastered the misfit superhero genre. Um, I'd be curious to see him behind the helm of an Avengers. I don't think that that's really necessarily his forte because it's a little too clean cut in that regard. Um, but you know, the, the fact that they did, it was like well-known with the MCU that they allowed the directors of each of those various franchises to have input for infinity war and Endgame on how to, how to deal with those characters. I thought that was a really cool element that they had in that. Uh, I do think that if given the opportunity, he could potentially do something really cool with, uh, with a kind of a mix up like that. But I, I was just, I was very thoroughly impressed uh, and I and I definitely can't wait to watch it again. Um, all right, so I only want to get a couple more stories because uh, I don't want to keep everybody and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but let's let's talk about real quick uh, about Tom Hardy really pushing for a Venom Spider-Man connection for, uh, going forward. Yeah. So he on and you know what I think we can kind of roll the two stories that the we have for stories. Tom yeah. Tom Hardy yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. so Tom Hardy is. He's saying he's trying to wait. Hold on, is he trying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he said he he's he. It, it would be 
kind of ill-advised if he wasn't trying to steer any connectivity. Um, yeah, which I mean, yeah, who doesn't want to keep themselves employed? <laughs> honestly, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like <laughs> that's that's honestly that's that's pretty much the gist of what he said. He's like, you know, it's like if I wasn't trying to do that, like I, I'd be talking myself out of a job, basically. Um, right. But he also kind of gave mixed messages on a third venom um and he he said that a third would not be greenlit until a second is successful but that the studio was really pleased with the second which look i gotta take that with a grain of salt because i don't think anyone is gonna say hey like i really don't like this movie that we made yeah (laughs) you know um and I've I've only seen the initial trailer for this as well. Uh, I haven't seen the one that was released like what two weeks ago. I think I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I didn't more focus on Carnage. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't watch it. Um, okay. But what I've heard about it wasn't encouraging. <laughs> mm. Um, but I do like. I I would like to see Venom and Spider Man connect but i think that with what we've the steps that we've kind of taken in the mcu i think were taken in order to allow sony to do that without it affecting the mcu i agree um i i I agree with you i i think that we are going to see coming in the next you know couple years that all of that is going to be an alternate timeline. Well, I, I think that that's, I think that the, the, considering this is this was a move, in my opinion, by Feige, also trying to work with Sony to allow for your kid. You're essentially hitting three birds with one stone. You found yeah. a way to let Sony continue to play how they want to play, and like setting up a deal that works with Spider-Man staying within the MCU, but Spider-Man can also be in Sony. You found a way to uh, potentially, again, you had to bring the Fantastic Four in, the X-Men, all these other uh, elements that you were about to, to, to deal with as is. And, and you, you've, you essentially, by doing all of that simultaneously, it might be two, I was, I was thinking three birds, but I, I may have combined two of my thoughts. My point is you have effectively, oh, and the last one is exploring a whole new element of Marvel that is very succinct to this multiverse that's a big deal and allowing for storylines outside of the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and outside of Spider-Man to also blossom. So you, you literally were able to do three things at once, give us a, a major big bad in Kang that now our main villains, our main heroes have to deal with, but then finding a way to play well with Sony and keep spider Like you, it, I think it's pretty brilliant on their part to have done this. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I hope that this new Venom is good. I saw that new trailer and I, I, I'm impressed by Woody Harrelson. I always have been. I thought he's been a very good actor. And so I think what he's giving us to Carnage should be good. Um, but I think it is a time will tell. I know I'm one of the few people that enjoyed Venom. Um, I know a lot of people did not. Uh, I, I don't I, you know. I think I liked it more than most, actually. I OK, I, I actually did kind of enjoy Yes, it, it's not like the classic Venom that I think a lot of people wanted, but I oh excuse me, I think okay. that I th- I think that um, if if they take this 
if they take the second film into more of the like like buddy comedy like kind of vibe i think that'll give us it, it it's because that's kind of where i think the first movie struggles is there there was like they mixed a few too many genres when they were mixing up the potions um and i and i think if they go a little bit more clear cut with a little bit clearer direction on on this one i think it'll it'll be it'll be good no i agree i agree with you all right well i want to cover one more story and then i, I, I we both got to get out of here uh james gunn has been teasing uh that there's going to be a lot more mcu deaths coming in guardians 3 uh what, what are we seeing about this Dwayne? yeah so he was discussing the suicide squad um but he also in that interview with uh, entertainment tonight he dropped some hints about the final film in his guardians of the galaxy trilogy and said that it's gonna in- include some some uh, some deaths um let's see i want to get to the exact quote um okay so he said that the suicide squad is different from guardians because they're more vicious um guardians has a family feel or family film element to it uh so when rocket says to drax i'm gonna shoot you in the face and kill you you don't think that he's gonna you know, do it in in the movie. Um, and then he pointed out that he's obviously killed. Um, what, like Big Groot? And yeah, he's yeah, he's he's killed characters before, um, but this won't be the same. And he know we know that most of them are going to make it alive, but. Some people that are going to like for two for two. Yeah, movies, for two yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. And and we know that. um Okay, I think he kind of hinted. Yeah, this quote kind of makes it feel like he's hinting at Drax is going to be the one that that bites it. Yeah, saying that this is his last Guardians movie and him and Dave are pretty much attached at the hip and he doesn't see him going on if he's like they if they're not going on together, they're not going on with the the franchise, which is interesting. I mean, I we I think we are very well. It's very well known that Dave Bautista has kind of said that he's not coming back post Guardians three for Drax. Uh, he, he he him saying that it's due to his his age. And he's just getting getting too old for it to you know kind of quote Danny Glover. Um, yeah. But yeah. I I think I, I I think I think that it's it's I I think it's it's fair to to conjecture that or it's fair conjecture that Drax is going to be the the character that dies. Um, I also think that it is fully fair conjecture that someone was going to die. Someone important has died in every single film. So it's not like it's not like this is something new. It's something that, you know, James Gunn kind of has has done and kind of set us up for. So I'm 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 not surprised at all that someone's going to die. And, no, I, and I think I, I agree with you. This is a through line that we've had every every time. And it's one that's like tugged at our heartstrings. And I agree the difference with the Suicide Squad and this is they are all set up to anybody can die for any reason at any point, right? Versus with Guardians, the idea is that for the most part, uh, they are going to stay with it. You know what I mean? They will keep 
uh, the, the, the core group there. But again, we've lost Gamora. Uh, I know that a lot of this is Avengers related. We've lost Gamora. We've lost a version of Nebula. You know, the, they, they are, there is a sort of element of anything can really happen, especially when you consider how big the roster is of the Guardians in the actual lexicon. You have so many other Guardians characters you can pull yeah. from, um, including Earthbound heroes that become members of the Guardians at one point or another. Um, I mean, the fact that Thor is rolling with them right now and they're the Asgardians of the galaxy, you know what I mean? Like that also adds to it too. I know that's Asgard and not Earth, but you get it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. really curious to see his his final touches on this man and, and, and really see how he handles it. And I, I wouldn't hate a Drax death. I mean, I love Drax as a character, but like you said, Batista's like, dude, I'm pushing like late, like 50s. Yeah. I don't want to keep, like, I love the character and I pitched it. We talked about this. I pitched a show and they didn't really seem interested. So I'm cool to be done and like move on. You know what I mean? And I, and I, I, I respect it. I respect giving us a succinct story and leaving on your own terms. Um, yeah, absolutely. With that, y'all, we got to get out of here. Dwayne, tell them where they can find you, man. Uh, you can find me anywhere and everywhere on the internet at Burke Maid, YouTube, Twitch, uh, when, when I have time. And do me a really big favor. Go check out the FCL on the Schmodown Twitch channel. Like we're having so much fun over there. I'm so proud of what what we're bringing to the table there for live uh, live broadcasts and how how we're able to put that together. Um, and it, and it's not just a uh, a one man show over there. We have a whole great team: JP, PLD, Brad, Steph. Everybody bringing everything to the table, bringing their A game every week. And please go check it out because it really is a lot of fun. Hey, for sure. Please do that. Go check out Burke Bade, man. Dwayne has been killing it with all of his shows, man. And we want to support him as much as possible. And you can find me at the Swaggy Blur that's on all socials. Uh, you can find me at Blurs in the Hood Tuesdays and Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, you can also find me hosting the Citizen app if you're trying to figure out how to stay safe and whatnot. I am the co one of the co-hosts on there. Uh, there are multiple days a week. I'll be there today. Uh, as we speak, you probably finish this and then open up Citizen. I'm probably telling you about a fire in your neighborhood. So, uh all that good stuff. We appreciate y'all rocking with us uh, and continue to rock with us. We'll do some more what if next week and some other stories, but you take care, everybody. We will see y'all next time. Be easy. Peace.